<laughs> Just give me a minute. What are you laughing about? So I heard this really funny joke. No, we're not going to do that. All right, so it's uh, Left of the Valley, five years. What? Gregoria, what? we are coming We're coming up. <laughs> Five years of Left at the Valley. Left at the Valley's turning five years old? They are five years oh old. Oh my gosh, I love them. They're so funny. Like, Yeah, <laughs> they're awesome. I can't wait till Kevin hears this. <laughs> he's going to hear it and he's going to love it. And, and everybody needs to hear Left at the Valley podcast. Actually, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Like, I really... One of your favorites. It needs to be the favorite. Um, are you even a real fan? My... You're not a real fan. It's on my rotation. Fuck off. I love them. Don't be a B. Don't be a, a B word. Oh, my God. Stop being a B word. Kevin, if you're, you're listening to this, please Stop. disregard this name. No. <laughs> Wrong. Listen, let me let me say this. I love Left at the Valley. Five years old. Woohoo, guys. Way to go. You're so corny <laughs> and beautiful. I love you. Happy five years, guys. Happy five years. And let me say this one thing. I want to say this one thing. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big, to think big. What are you doing right now? That's what Left at the Valley is all about. I'm doing a thing. Hold on. Okay. Dreams without goals are just fucking dreams, and they ultimately fuel disappointment. To achieve these goals, you must apply discipline and consistency, and that's what I see in Kevin's work every week. Every goddamn week. He brings quality, thought-provoking content to me, to you, to all of us. He, he pushes it to the line, and he is the example. If you want to know how to make a podcast, how to, how to get a group of people together and talk to someone, to relate to someone, to connect to the listener, follow this show. Subscribe to it. Like it. Put it on your YouTube regular playlist. Start your morning with it. A cup of coffee with Kevin Francis is a pretty good way to get an idea of what success feels like. If you think achieving your goals is something that's just going to come from the the vacuous ether <laughs> from inside me. Oh, I, I, I did it from the heart. No, 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 no. Don't get fooled. You need to have examples in your life so that you can somewhat construct a, a weird jigsaw puzzle of a way that's with every facet of our life. If you want to know how to really make a difference, take a left of the valley. Hard work works. And working really hard, bringing people together, asking the tough questions is what successful people do. That's what enlightened people do. They're not afraid of what answer might be on the other side of that door. And that's what Kevin does every goddamn week. A lot of podcasters out there, they're, you know, they're moving, they're acting, they're doing stuff here and there. You know, uh, a, a couple of people come to mind, you know, Sam Harris or David Smalley or uh, Joe Rogan or whatever. But like they're constantly putting out content. Boom, 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 boom. But listen, doing a lot more doesn't mean that you're succeeding a lot more. Doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Do not confuse movement with progress. If you doubt that, let me ask you, have you ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearst? No, you haven't. The most fucking selfish thing you can ever do in this life is help someone else. 
and I've seen Kevin work his fucking voodoo that he do. You know, like the guy, he constantly brings people together, asking the hard questions, promoting atheism, promoting separation of church and state, promoting the, the, the conversation that we have in the goddamn public forum. Kevin Francis does it successfully every time. And you say, well, well why is that selfish? How is that selfish? Because it feels good, man. It feels good to do the right thing. Follow that example. But if you want to achieve that feeling, that sensation, feeling good about your behavior, you have to have courage. You have to have courage. And after five years of broadcast, it's obvious that this production offers that courage. If you want to be like Kevin, don't just aspire to make a living or to make a podcast or to be a public figure. Don't aspire to be somebody. Aspire to make a difference. Five years of hard work has made a difference. And now it's your turn. You don't need five years. You don't even need five minutes. Right now, decision between go or stay. Five seconds. Decide to make a difference. Just like Kevin Francis. Just like Left of the Valley. A proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. And I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith in us. Still not tired of doing this, after all an incredible five years. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and after all this time, I've learned that intentionally losing at rock, paper, scissors is just as hard as trying to win. I can vouch for that. We had a rock, paper, scissors battle this morning. Joining me as usual is a team that thinks maybe oxygen is actually killing you slowly at about 75 to 100 years to work. True. <laughs> yep. She told me I wasn't fat, so chin up. No, the other chin. Nancy. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta think about that one. <laughs> that was good. And she sometimes wrestles with her demons, and sometimes they just snuggle. Christina. Oh, but they're such good cuddlers. They're called cats. <laughs> <laughs> she has a new dog, oh, and her God. favorite bone is her arm. Kirsten. Yeah, maybe. She does this thing where she yawns and then just kind of puts the mouth casually over the arm and oh. <laughs> it's adorable. And he saw a kid on a leash at Costco. He asked his mom if he was a rescue. Dominic. And to oh. tie with that, today's national day is National Puppy Day. There we go. Aww. By the way, you're not welcome there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And special guests, we got... The German Bell and the Southern Dandy, Scott <laughs> and Annette. Guys, welcome Good back. Good morning. Hello. What guys. a treat. Welcome. What a treat for a five-year anniversary. My God, I can't believe oh. five freaking years of let's, this. Let's chain them to the mic while they're here, and then they can't leave. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Somebody pull out the chains. <laughs> Hold on. They, they don't know the cake was drugged. They have to stay. No, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> well... So this is it, guys. Five years of Left of the Valley, believe it or not. Um, it's going to be an interesting show. We're not going to have our typical show where we usually have a, a, a guest as an interview. We're just going to reminisce, go down, and just have fun with this. Sounds good? 
Sounds wonderful. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds fun. (laughs) Wunderbar. So believe it or not, this show actually aired uh, on the 24th of March, 2014. Mm -hmm. It was on Block Talk Radio. It was actually live on Block Talk Radio. Why Block Talk Radio? Well, it's quite simple. It's because Seth Andrews, which I was, was his Thinking Atheist, uh, was a podcast I was listening to, I still listen to. He was on Block Talk Radio too, and that's the only platform I knew. So I went to Block Talk <laughs> Radio. Um, at the time, the show was a call Left at the Valley with Kevin and Karen. Karen was my ex-girlfriend, and she used to do the show with me at the very beginning. Uh, the show was so bad... <laughs> that we weren't even recording in stereo. We're actually oh, in mono. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's because I, to be quite oh, honest, boy. I knew nothing about nothing of this. Right? It I, wasn't. It wasn't bad. I no. mean, it, it was. It was following your passion and actually doing it. We were so proud of you for you know taking the the time and saying you know what. We're going to do this, and you did. It's fabulous. Yeah. We we let's let's just say that you know we. It was a learning experience from day one. Which uh, should have been. I had no idea. Uh, people told me, well, you want to do a podcast? People were suggesting maybe put a condenser mic and have four or five people around to talk in, but it sounded too canny. So I just went with the whole interface and everybody's got a mic thing. So, yeah, the show was, uh, it was bi-weekly at first. Uh-huh. When it first came out, um, it was a lot to have the thing every week. And uh, we also had a bit of a jingle that was actually sung by a couple of friends of ours at the time that was highly influenced by Bob Dylan. So believe it or not, I have the very first clip that we have on our show is of the very first thing you heard on March 24th, 2014. You guys want to hear this? Yes, yes please. Yes, yes I want to hear it. No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, well yes, guess what? You're going to get it anyway. Too bad. You're hearing it. Hold on. So this is what you heard on March 2014. March 24th, 2014. So you nervous? A little. Okay. Well, let's do this. With me, I have the beautiful Karen. Hello. How are you doing today? Great. Good stuff. So this is the first podcast. It's a new podcast directly out of the uh, Fraser Valley, like I mentioned. And uh, hopefully we can uh, do a kind of show that can entertain, inform the general public about things that go on in the valley. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so there you have it. The very first clip. March 24th, 2014, of Left of the Valley with Kevin and Karen at the time. Yeah, it was that song was sung by a couple of friends, like I said, totally Bob. They invented the song just for the show. 
as a favor I asked them because they wanted to do their little garage band thing mm -hmm. right and uh, they totally did that song and you know it was kind of cool. That's cool. The thing I love most is just how young you sounded. I know. I'm Left like, turn at the valley. What happened? <laughs> oh, those three packs of smokes a day. Right? Yeah, it was like, you know. It was like Baby Steps podcast. It totally thing. was. It totally and was. Another thing I noticed is that you were so, like, unsure. You're like, shy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. You know the what? The unsureness of it, Kevin, and, and how clean it was, it, you almost reminded me of Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Okay, why did we put him next to that? <laughs> because I can. <laughs> well, we can move the bell away from him. <laughs> oh, Kermit the Frog. Nah. Well, that was fun. That, that when you when you started, you were broadcasting in the basement. It was sort of like a yes. gothic basement <laughs> with with anti, with vintage gas masks all and over the stuff walls. Like that. Yeah, and and the throne the throne chair and the big a big table where everybody sat around the table. It was very it was it was a it was a comfortable it was space. an interesting it was a setting, comfortable yeah. space to do it and you had guests I think from the beginning yeah pretty much actually yeah. uh, we we've had yeah we had guests from day one and uh we tried anyway, and it, 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 you listen to that clip, it, it goes for like almost a minute of just that intro song, just to show how much we didn't know. It was way too long, right? Today, he's like, no, yeah. if you do like 15... tuning out just on the Exactly, right? But it was you, it, so ignorant of how to do these things, and we all learn on the fly right here, so... But I anyway. think it's very rarely with podcasting, somebody starts at the top, you know, where they're already professional. If they were already professional, they'd be probably doing something else. But it, the fact that it was a learning experience and you actually learned, mm -hmm. you know, and it developed into what we have now. Yeah. I mean, who would who would have thunk it, right? <laughs> who would have thunk happy, it? Happy memories, though. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so I'm going to have some fun here because I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time. I'm going to do a pop quiz. Uh, oh, God. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm exempt. <laughs> the bane of Nancy's existence. I know. Oh. I'm, I'm we exactly. haven't done a pop quiz on this show in a while. Uh, I don't think we've ever done one so since happy. I was here. No. Yeah, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've I need to bring it more often. <laughs> okay. So, question one. There's like multiple answers. It's easy, guys. There we go. Okay. So, not counting today, how many episodes of Left Out of Valley are there? C. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> Is it A, 216... B, 203, C, 250, or D, 241? Can you read the answers again, please? 216, 203, 250, 241. D. D? What do you guys think? Uh, not counting today. Who's good at math? Come on, 52 weeks a year. Yeah, five, I'm, I don't well, do that. Well, it started bi-weekly, right? Bi-weekly. I don't know how long it went bi-weekly. <laughs> what um, was the math was What was the first one again? 216. I think it was that one. I'll take a lifeline. <laughs> I like, I like to call ask a friend. friend. Okay, call a friend. Call a friend. Well, the Kevin, answer... I'm calling you. Okay. Wait, perfect. not everyone's given their answer. Uh, C. F. I'm protesting. I'm passing. <laughs> I'll take C. Actually, the answer, you were right. It is 216. Yes! So this this is going to be our 217th show Ooh, today. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was right, everybody. Okay. Question two. Sometimes, I'm gonna does, fail. sometimes things do happen. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Which repeat guests have we had most on the show? Huh. Is it A, is it his rawness on raw? Is it B, Dr. Del Rey? Is it C, David Smalley? Or is it D, David Fitzgerald? D. Ooh. A. B. I'm going to go with B. Mm-hmm. 
It is B. It is yeah. Dr. Bill Ray. Yeah. Well. Now, if you, if you count it just by episode, uh, Aaron Raw was there four times, David Smalley twice, David Fitzgerald five times, but Dr. Del Ray, not just episodes where he was in, but sometimes we just featured in and out. Like with, with Dr. Dress and all that. He was there seven times. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. And interesting every time he's been on. Absolutely. It's been, it's Absolutely. Been a different show, a different experience. Now, we've got several different platforms. Question three, by the way. But we've got several different platforms. We have the show. We have Locked Off, yeah. Speaker, and Stitcher, and all that stuff. Uh, what most popular uh, on uh, YouTube, which was our most popular Left of the Valley show on YouTube, which episode was it? Was oh. it A, a look at St. Paul with David Fitzgerald? Was it B, Left Out of Valley versus Brainstorm? Was it C, Who's Who in the Bible with uh, Robert M. Price? Or is it D, Looking Back with Seth Andrews? C. C. All worthy. I'm going C. All, all, yeah, I'll go all with C. But you're right. It is C. It is yeah. Who's Who in the Bible with Robert M. Price. A one, one-time guest. We'll be trying to have him back on, but he I was know that one because powerful. I actually looked through the... Uh, the history on YouTube yeah, and looked for where the most views were. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You studied. Now we, I studied for an exam. I didn't even know what's happening. <laughs> Believe it or not, we actually have listeners all over the world. And of course, Canada and the U.S. are our main audience right here. But which is the third country with the most listeners that we have of Left of the Valley? Is it A, Australia? Is it B, Germany? Is it C, Mexico? Or is it D, the United Kingdom? D. A. Say them again, please. Australia, Germany, Mexico, or the UK? I'll go with Australia. Okay. Which immediately means it's a loser, so. <laughs> I'm going to go with D. We just can eliminate that one. Yeah, I'm going to go with D as Believe well. Believe it or not, I, I, think, I think it's uh, Germany. Okay. Well, the answer is D. It is the UK. Hey, let's go. Oh. Now, here I'm going to tell you guys a trick. All these times I've been doing these pop quiz, I've been doing four questions like this, and nobody has ever noticed that every time the answers are A, B, C, and D in order. Every yeah. single every time. Because nobody's watching. Every single time. Question one was A, question well, two was B. Well, now you've just given away your secret. Well, I'm going to change that now. <laughs> so it's C, D, so it's D, C, B, A. Exactly. That's exactly right. how it's going to go. Or it's all going to be C. Okay. Or scrambled. <laughs> Hey, this is Heather and Christine from Forsaking Faith, and we're just here to give a shout out to some of our favorite podcasters. So here we are to say, Happy, Happy anniversary, anniversary, Left at, at the, the Valley. Valley. We wish you all the best and many, 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 many successful years of podcasting to come. Okay, so a question from one of our listeners, and this is from our friend Robert Stanley. Uh, he's asking, how did the gang get together? Ooh, this is exciting. Care to answer? Oh, boy. Well, why don't we go with the oldest to the newest? Like, the pe- person who's been on here the okay, longest? Okay, well, I can't get a get-together thing because I started the show, so I guess, you know, yeah. from the get-go. Well, hey, you've given, you fell from the sky. Well, no, <laughs> you've, you've, to- the you've told us how you started the show. Yes, so, we did that. Yeah. And uh, the first one to join was Nancy. Yes, it was. So, how did Nancy you came on the show and... Well, I, I came on as a guest because mm-hmm. I had been involved, a, a, a mutual friend of ours and I had been involved in um, a, a project to house the homeless, and you invited us on. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, and then we came on, I think, another another time, um, and then after that, I think you had decided that we could probably um, go to the university and join their 
uh, lineup of, of programs here in Abbotsford. And then you held a meeting saying, if we go live on the radio every two weeks, I'm going to need some help to um, have different segments. So if any of you, I think there were about four or five of us that were at the meeting, and you asked if people could share the different segments and so I took the easy, I took the easiest one, which was this day in history, and um, then we just sort of took off from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and after that, uh, I think sc- it was Scott. Yeah, well, we had some other guests, uh, uh, so some other ones like Alistair and uh, Martina, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler was on. For, uh, Kevin, Tyler's a name I've heard a lot. Yeah. yeah, I actually got to meet and him. Mark. I was privileged enough to meet him. So. Mark, oh yeah, Mark Cunningham. Well, Mark Cunningham came. Well, he did some spots. Yeah, he did us. some spots here and there. Yeah, uh, and of, of course, uh, some of these people, you know, came and gone. Obviously, uh, Tyler left uh, with uh, Kevin, and they, they still do their own little show called uh, "So You Think You're a Skeptic," you know. Like the idea. Yeah, I, actually, it's, it's, it's <laughs> an know. interesting. Well, Tyler was always more of a guy who wanted to do a debate. And our show is not really a debate. He wants the challenge. Yes, he loves <laughs> yes. he loves to argue, right? And so what, what they do is it's kind of an interesting thing. They're both of them sitting in a Should car. Should be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. They, they're just sitting in a car, both of them, and they have the camera facing them, and they're just driving around, and they're talking to people and debating them kind of live on air at the same time. So it's an interesting little concept, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, after that, uh, then you came along. Scott came along. Scott and Ned came along. I, I kind of drifted in. <laughs> well, tell us the story, man. People want to know. I don't even remember. <laughs> he just showed up one you, day. He just showed up I, and honestly, like, I'm I don't joining. remember how I met you guys. Like, I, I, Were you at the Sunday meetings? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was meetup. You, was, found, you were I drunk found, again, weren't you? I found, yeah. an, I found an atheist group on, on Meetup. That's right. They went and had coffee at, uh, what was the name of that Co- place? Um, Legal Grounds Coffee. Legal Grounds Coffee. So I started showing up there and meeting really interesting people. And, and then Kevin invited me. Well, why don't you come down to the podcast? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I got nothing better to do. I'm <laughs> going to come down to the podcast. Yeah, you were a fun conversationalist, yeah. and you just fit right in with all of us. So we were we were thrilled that that you came. Yeah, soon after stayed. that, it was so much fun to yeah. sw- to to get into this. But poor Kevin, <laughs> poor Kevin. Why there would you those, ever say those words? There are those who are challenged. There are those who are technically challenged, and then there are both. <laughs> And, <laughs> and I fit that category, <laughs> and even more. <laughs> and soon oh, after Kevin, that, you you're met, awesome. Soon after that, you you met Annette, and you guys just fell head over heels, and then you disappeared. Uh, that was it. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. Well, <laughs> these two have been humping like rabbits ever since. Oh God! Way to make them uncomfortable. They'll never come back now. Okay, if that Kevin. makes them uncomfortable. They knew coming on the show. This was here a while. <laughs> Come on now, it's radio. Nobody's going to point to them, you know, in the middle of town and say, ha, 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 we know who you are. (laughs) This is, this is, we're safe. (laughs) It's not like we have, like, a big camera. Uh, what happens is they all want to tune in to find out what kind of an idiot I was while I was on the show. (laughs) I joined the atheist group uh, in 2017? 
yeah, 2017. That's it. That's it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's how I joined. Yeah, it's fairly recent. Mm-hmm. And then last, but certainly not least... Hey! Almost two years ago. No, no, sorry. Two people. We're, yeah, we're two people. Yeah. We're well, not one person. I know that, but, you know, I was about to say both of you. <laughs> you just kind of came in at story. pretty much almost no, the same time. No, I came like a year before Kirsten. Was it really a year? Yeah. yeah. It was, yes, it was. Uh-huh. Really? Really? Yeah. Yep. Because I... So how it started was... I was going to the same atheist group they were talking about, and I, when I came out of Christianity, podcasts were my, were were my community in the, the fact that it's where I went to learn and be like, okay, I'm not the only one. Um, and one of my favorite podcasters were Tom and Cecil of uh, Cognitive Dissonance, and you in the atheist meetup you had mentioned that you had a podcast and you had mentioned that you were interviewing them and mm. i like fangirled so hard <laughs> so very hard and, yes, yes and we you like said you yeah, you should totally come and i did and it was amazing <laughs> Jeez. I was super shy. Listen, anybody and, can come into this and, thing, isn't And it? barely talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gee, what a change. I know. <laughs> now we can't get her to shut up. Pretty much. Um, she has come out of her shell. <laughs> and good, since then, I've been coming pretty regularly. Yeah. There we go. There we go. And then, of course, Carson came in. And then there's me, you know, save the best for last. Exactly. Well, not well, really last. Not last, last anymore. <laughs> but, uh, That's right. That's right. Dominic is amazing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Uh, that actually happened not long after we moved in together, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, so I started coming with her to the atheist group, um, just because you know, something to do on a Sunday, some fun people to talk to. And then I think it was or not, <laughs> or not. Okay. Depends okay. I know I'm a quiet person. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Scott. Is there a problem? <laughs> no, no, no. Just let the truth be told. <laughs> And then I just started, I think it was not long after her first Canada Day episode. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, that episode was so fun and I missed it. <laughs> yeah. And now you're here. And now I'm here. And I first started as just kind of a guest. I didn't, well, I think, I think you gave me a mic, not that I ever used it. <laughs> and then you started forcing me to essentially make love to the mic. And, and then now I'm here. you've been doing it ever here. since. Yeah. That's why we have to tell people to stop. You gotta yeah. stop you making blowjobs on those mics. Yeah, and, and then you took what about over dildos? An, another brilliant moment. Oh boy! <laughs> we didn't just cross that barrier, did we? We totally did. I did had to go there as soon as you mentioned sex. I did is right there, like, oh, a, boy. like a ravenous chihuahua. She just can't stop. Okay. Then. Well, you know, I figured I'd be a decent human being and leave the dildos at home. Dildos at home. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then, like I said, well, last and certainly not least this time, little Dominic. Oh, I have no real story. <laughs> oh, everyone well, has a story. You know, the funny yeah, thing yeah. is, is you are the youngest voice, and we are several gener- different generations. And of course, I'm not. Yes, you are. Not with him. We're like the same generation. Not really. No. You're an adult. He's still, no, he's still a teen. You're no, from the you're generation, generation before him. him. Yeah. yeah, but barely. Mm. Well, either way. I'm like I, the last year of millennia. Either way. It's it's one of the <laughs> things that I think makes this show interesting is we have several different points of view, male and female, from different age groups as well. So we have a, an, an interesting mix. You know, instead of being like yes. five guys in their 40s that talk about yeah, the same totally. thing and view the yeah. same thing. 
we got a whole different mix. You got the whole gambit. Yeah, yeah. the whole gambit, man. Whole mm-hmm. shebang. Okay, question number two. This is from Jim. Number two. Is Kevin gay? Yes. yes. No. <laughs> Only when he's happy. <laughs> Interesting. Not to Why would anyone? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this is only, probably only when you're happy. That's because, and, and I've seen you happy, so I know. Well, gay does mean happy. <laughs> this is this is this is probably because every time we have a, often we have a a, a a guest and it's a male or something like that, and oh. I put him in the spot and I play this. Okay, oh, so, your bromances. So you're not gay. My bromance song. You're, you're heteroflexible. There we go. I'm not even that. There we go. I'm very straight. What are you talking about? Stop playing that music. I want to dance with you. <laughs> See, I'm even. So yeah, so there's not. Sorry about that, Jim. Yeah. You know, there's. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still playing on that same team there. Though Kevin does have this thing with furniture. <laughs> yeah, much like your dog. Very mild of the gutter. To this. Oh god, I we were in there before we started. <laughs> I, I guess in terms of gender, we'd have to say you're IKEA flexible. Oh my wow. god! Not even wow. that. Not even that. Well, that's a positive. You guys, you guys are making me. No, no, I am completely. <laughs> I'm very, very straight. You, get, you know, my girlfriend's gonna hear this. She's gonna freak now. She's gonna say, "What the hell's going on in that?" Yeah, we're just putting you on the spot. No, I know, but it's it's it, there's there's a bit of a persona we all adapt. Okay, now I have this image in my head of me being IKEA flexible. <laughs> What does it's, that mean? It's, no. It's because it my, no. my, my, my penis is no. shaped like a hexagon key. Oh, no. No. no TMFI. I think, I think we're there. making Dominic oh, uncomfortable. Really, really okay, sorry. okay. No, oh, this is just North breaking again. the uncomfortable oh, okay. In other news, Go to New York Yankees <laughs> are all gay. Okay. <laughs> If you think moving on, moving on, your own locker room. Moving on. How was that hockey game last weekend? Aren't you glad you asked people Hmm. to send in their questions? Oh yeah, I know. Yes, I'm sort of regretting everything now. Anyways, okay, moving on. So, uh, am I gay? Only you I can answer a, that question. I have okay. another little clip here, and this is a little clip that when we were on CIVL 101.7 FM. Wow. Now, for people that might not know, we did have a short stint on the university radio here, right here in Abbotsford. We were hoping it would actually lead to bigger things. We were actually in talk also with Joy TV at the time. Mm-hmm. They were actually thinking of uh, doing Left of the Valley live on the, on the air on TV. Which, you know, it's like completely out of our comfort zone. But you know what they say? Life begins outside of your comfort zone. The reason why that fell through is just as we were negotiating this, they were bought out by a Christian radio or uh, television station. And there you have and it. Joy TV mm-hmm. went full religious. <laughs> So all of a sudden, the whole atheist... What a shame. Yes, what a shame. So, so all of a sudden, the whole atheist thing kind of mm, took a dive there. Yeah. So that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, the little short stint we did at CIVL, we had fun. We actually had like a real we studio. Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, unfortunately, the equipment was mm, not always up to par. And uh, some of the times it was... This is why this show is, uh, there's so much, uh, or I should say, so little editing, because the show is nearly live, right? Uh, I do very little editing because it's, we're set up to be nearly live, and then we learned that from CIVL. Uh, unfortunately, at some point, uh, a new manager came in at CIVL. We did not see eye to eye, and this is also when we introduced uh, that new theme song that we've been playing ever since. But if you listen to that theme song, at some mm-hmm. point, there's an F-bomb in there. 
And they had a huge problem with that. Oh, the scandal. Yeah, they had. Oh, yeah, they had a huge I problem. Never with that. Hmm. I never heard it. It was one of those I've things. Never heard it either. I, I think it was someone. A cool song. Someone yeah. called in and they heard it. No, not even someone called in. Or, or, I, I, I it's not even someone called in. It's the manager himself was oh, listening okay. to the episode because you know he was keeping an eye on us, and he heard that and he just freaked. He was afraid that the uh, CRTC was going to go down on them. I can and understand. It was that. essentially they were essentially trying to cover their ass at that point. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we had this fight and we said, you know what? He said, look. We're not even sure this uh, this little radio station because it's a very small radio station is actually doing anything for our show. I said we, I mean, what do you get on this? Uh, I told the guy, I said, what do you have on the station? You have guys that are playing Korean pop, and you know, you, we're the only interesting, interesting show you actually have, and you're giving me shit here. So I said, you know what? No, we're not interested. We're just gonna stay on the internet. Boom, we'll go talk somewhere else to somebody else down the road. Who knows? But you know, the experience, I think, really, it was um, sort of a trial by fire it was oh absolutely we had to we we had to be live we had to be prepared we had to keep an eye i say we you had to keep an eye on the clock and we couldn't edit whatever came out of a guest exactly right and i think it really woke us up to what do we need to do to make our podcast more interesting or a live broadcast interest. And I think, you know, I don't want to brag. Sure I do. Anyway, I think <laughs> I, it, it helped us um, organize it, the show around the things that we think the audience is going to mm-hmm. enjoy the most. And that that's to your credit, because you were the one that, that decided we're going to go on CIVL, and then when we, we were off, we were pushed on our own on a weekly basis mm-hmm, and I right. think that was that was all to the good looking back you know it was kind of heartbreaking yes. but the end result was here we are at the end of five years yeah absolutely and to the point that for the few months we were on CIVL we were actually nominated for uh, for best news uh, program yeah we were because well, they, they have really? con- yes they have contests between huh. radio stations and they had nothing and when they heard our show, they said, oh, my God. So they, they, they took a clip from our show and sent it. We, we, don't, we didn't win. But nonetheless, that's the impact we had at CIVL right off the bat. Uh-huh. But because we're in Abbotsford, and it's a religious town, and a new manager came in, and he kind of freaked. I think, personally, I think they lost. They lost on that. Wait, 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 wait. Abbotsford is religious? Yes. I, I know, know, right? There's not no. a church on Can every street corner. <laughs> so, no, to all our American so, I mean, listeners, it's... It, for you guys, it's not that religious, but well, for us, just, it's religious. For, yeah, for it's anybody, stupid. anybody not from Abbotsford that listens to this show, you got to remember that here we're dealing with the uh, what do they call them? The uh, Mennonites. The Mennonite Mafia. The Mennonite <laughs> Mafia. Mafia. They run the town. Yeah, they yeah. Do. yeah, absolutely. All right, so here I'm going to play that clip. This is a clip where we had Jody Emery, which was actually the wife of Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. It was our first episode on marijuana, and she was a bit baked for that episode, too. (laughs) So here I'm going to play that clip. I like baked. (laughs) A bit. Out of the subterranean super-secret cave of CIVL 101.7 FM, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host today. And I expect a tip. This is a show about positive atheism, secular humanism, and skeptical thinking. Joining me as usual is a team which is, is now a part of your complete breakfast. Or I've fallen down the rabbit hole because I'm late. Friend Nancy. That's me. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us today. Our friend Sarah, whose life is the inspiration for Game of Thrones. Hello. <laughs> Tyler, who is so alert that he's color-coded during terrorist attacks. 
<laughs> and our friend of Reform, who I was told is the evolved form of Bulbasaur. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. All right. So we're doing uh, marijuana today. And we're, we're doing marijuana today. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> we're talking about marijuana today. A skeptical look at marijuana. <laughs> now, I, ju- I just have to do one little thing here, uh, Jody, before I, I, I relinquish the mic to you. Uh, be- packing the bong. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just that, you know, because now we're on, you know, uh, CIVL, yes, right? We do not endorse that sort of activity. Exactly. So, so I have to read this. Here at CIVL, we pride ourselves in observing the rules set by the CRTC, and thus cannot be bring, bring ourselves to advocate for a product or service not permitted legal in the land of Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> This is Left of the Valley, and we're skeptics. <laughs> uh, we're going to say it like it is. So we're going ahead with this, like it or not. Fair enough? Then I have a license, so I can say whatever I want. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's pass on the mic to everyone. Okay, guys, she's right here. Go at it. Yep, light it up. Okay, I'm going to start. So before the show, we kind of touched on the 420 <laughs> celebration coming up in Vancouver, which is why we decided to do the show today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of the 420 celebration, how things have changed? You were mentioning before the show about uh, working with the city, the police, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a recent move. So can you kind of give us a little history lesson on that? Well, 420, the number, the time really goes back from the 70s. This is the deadheads on tour. So at 420, you smoke up and it just became code. But April 20th also happens to be 4 slash 20. So Mark Emery, when he started his activism in cannabis business called Hemp Beast, back in 1994 hired some employees who smoke pot and happen to be deadheads and they said we should have not just a 4.20pm smoke but what if we did the whole day on April 20th and Mark said that's outrageous you can't smoke pot all day in the park and they said no we really want to do it it would be fun we think so he let them get some money to rent some speakers and at Victory Square down at Camby and Hastings in Vancouver uh, they had the first smoke in and I'm pretty sure that was 1995 Uh, so we've got 20 plus years of history and it did begin and it still is a protest so it was a bunch of people gathering together breaking the law publicly peaceful civil disobedience smoking pot and hoping not to get arrested what's up heathens congratulations on your fifth anniversary and that was from our stint at CIVL 101.7 FM good times indeed indeed we always have these kind of hijinks things going on there not afraid to push the, the boundaries a bit. But if you think that was funny, uh, you should wait and see. Because some of the best moments we ever had was from a little segment called This Day in History. So here's a little clip. Listen to this interesting baseball story. Moving on to March 13th, it's K-9 Veterans Day. And here, this is a wonderful story. You, you will love this story. Picture this, 1915. Wilbert Robinson is a 52-year-old manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. And the Brooklyn Dodgers were playing a, a team exhibition game in Florida. And 
and the manager, Wilbert, agreed to catch a baseball from a low-flying airplane. This is 1915. <laughs> so, so one of these fixed wings jobs, right? Well, you know, baseball is so boring to begin with. I can <laughs> see why they do that. He just makes right. it up. <laughs> so, so none of the players would accept the challenge. <laughs> went, oh, who knew? <laughs> so he decided, you know, it was his idea. He's he's the one that has to follow through. So the team's in Daytona Beach and for spring training. And as it turned out, there was a female aviatrix named Ruth Law, who was also in Daytona Beach, dropping golf balls from her plane as a publicity gimmick for a local golf course. This like, oh, gets better and better. How many people died? <laughs> I know. And Ruth Law, you, you've got to look her up on Google. She flew with the Wright brothers. I mean, this woman did loop the loop. She was unstoppable. Wow. She was a great character. So they got Ruth, and of course, if it's a gimmick, you know, and she's a woman pilot, she's going to say, yeah, I'll do it. So the, Do- the Dodgers recruited her to help execute the ball drop, but as fate would have it, either she wasn't given the baseball or they told her something else, but she did not have the baseball in the plane. But <laughs> she did have a grapefruit in her lunch. <laughs> See, this, this is the kind of history you should learn in history class. I know. So she's flying low, and she reaches into the bag and gets her grapefruit and tosses out the window where she sees that Wilbert Robinson is standing there ready for the big catch. <laughs> so he's all prepared to catch it, and he misses, and the grapefruit strikes him in the chest and explodes. <laughs> and he, he falls to the ground thinking he's mortally wounded because the, this grapefruit, which is like a ruby red grapefruit, <laughs> breaks open. His heart exploded or something. And he feels it, and all he feels is this pulp, and he thinks, <laughs> he thinks his chest has exploded. Oh, my God. And he looks around, and he thinks his teammates are going to be running to get the ambulance in, and they're all standing there laughing. <laughs> and so he can't say, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so finally he looks down and he realizes, oh wait, this isn't me, it's a grapefruit. <laughs> so, needless to say, the team was not very happy with him for the rest. He, he made their life miserable for the rest of that game. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. What's a wonderful, was, wonderful it's story. It's a wonderful, and, and from that day forward, um, the, uh, Wilbur, the manager, referred to planes as fruit flies. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the funny moments that we had. You know, that that segment probably brought some of the funniest moments on the show, by far. Yeah. That, they, that, just, they just don't have ball games like no. that anymore. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the idea, and, and you know, I think maybe... Do you ever wonder, maybe that's where the incident of, you know, throwing a grapefruit instead of a softball came from? Because it's a prank that still people still play today. They'll take a grapefruit, just paint it white, and they'll throw one softball, two softball, and the third one is the grapefruit, and all of a sudden the guy swings and hits that, it just splats all over the place. That's good. 
it's a classic it's a classic prank they've been doing this forever right oh, I kind of wonder if that was the origin of it that's you like know? the roulette of baseball absolutely baseball. Yeah, which one's the grapefruit but if you think this is funny wait till you hear about Acoustic Kitty Scott, yes. Scott, you know we what are. I'm talking about. We love Acoustic Kitty. Okay, so I, I get this clip here. I got to play this for you guys. This is probably one of the funniest, if not the funniest moment we ever had on this show. And it's called Acoustic Kitty. If you're an American, you need to really listen to this because this is actual real history. Caution. So hold on. At the height of the Cold War, officials in the United States hatched a covert plan to keep tabs on the Russians in Washington, D.C. They would, they decided, deploy surveillance cats. I, I kid you not. Cats surgically implanted. Surveillance cats. Surgically implanted with microphones and radio transmitters to slip by security and eavesdrop on activity at the Soviet embassy. Now this is true. Wow. Uh, This is this is absolute. This is not fake news. Here's your mission, double O pussy. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't make a movie this good. That's right. You got the transcripts. (laughs) That's right. We know it's true. Kevin has a transcript. <laughs> anyway, the project went by the thinly disguised code name Acoustic Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so much fun. Anyway, they operated on this poor cat, put batteries in him, and wired him up. And this was according to a guy that wrote a book. His name was Victor Marchetti. And he was the executive assistant to the director of the CIA in the 1960s. So a a book came out of this actually in 2001 called The Wizards of Langley. So it's in the book and it's it's in Google. No problem to find it. Anyway, here this poor little kitty is with the batteries and everything else. And the final little thing that they did to to really make this embarrassing to the cat was his tail was used as an antenna. (laughs) (laughs) What an iniquity to this poor cat. So um, in in this book, Wizards of Langley, he characterized it by saying they made a monstrosity. (laughs) Anyway, so now they've got this whiskered, yowling, unbelievably expensive monstrosity. They put... The CIA put $10 million into designing, operating on, and training the first acoustic kitty. And that's according to several accounts. You know, it only cost $6 million for Lee Majors. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking that in 1970, what was it, 1976 or whatever. Yeah. The $6 million man. I know, and here is the bionic cat, you know, costing more money. Anyway, so they they get this poor kitty all stitched up and wired up and his tail is up in the air, and it finally came time for the inaugural mission. And the CIA agents released one of the agents, who was a rookie agent, from the back of a nondescript van and watched as he set out on his mission. So Acoustic Kitty dashed off toward the embassy, making it all of 10 feet before he was uncer- unceremoniously struck by a passing taxi. No! 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 You lie! You are lying! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? There they were, these agents sitting in the van, and the cat was $10 million roadkill in the middle of the- 
unbelievable. <laughs> oh so, my God. so the CIA eventually scrapped the project, including, according to partially redacted documents um, in, uh, in George Washington University archives, that despite the energy and imagination of those involved, they decided it would not be practical to continue to try and train cats. <laughs> That is the best story. I, I have to say that was yeah. That that was I, awesome. I can. I mean, every time, every time I hear the story, I picture the van with those agents oh sitting God. at us at their jaws. Just how do we explain? Oh, you know, we got splaining to do it. <laughs> no. You know, like, like our jobs are obviously <laughs> online. I'm just trying to picture the one agent looking at the other one, going, "Lucy." We have explaining to do. It's just, I mean, it's just... It's a fantastic story. It's a fantastic story. Absolutely. And, you know, stranger than fiction. Oh. <laughs> I possibly parked the van on the other side of the road so the cat didn't have to cross it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was an amazing. And you know what? I still listen to this clip, and I know it's coming. I know the punchline, and I still laugh at that clip. It's just an amazing piece well, of the, our the show. The first time yes. I read that story, I really thought it was planted as a joke. No, oh, and had to I be. had to go the extra mile of looking at all the different sources to make sure that <laughs> that it was a real story. Just uh, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And you think, you know, this is the kind of history we should learn in class. This yeah. is yeah. just amazing stuff. I, I think one of my favorite parts of that, aside from the actual story, is the, you lie! You, you lie! Lying. Yes. <laughs> it was just I, I couldn't believe that. So it's like, God damn, that cannot be true. But yeah, there it is. It absolutely is. So my dear Nancy, for old time's sake, are you ready to do another disdain history? Well, not as interesting as the two that you picked out, but yeah, I, what I did today was to look at 2014 and see if there was anything as auspicious as the startup of our podcast that, you know, it kind of puts where we are in context. We came out on top. Right. <laughs> we absolutely came out on top. But these are some of the things, some of the things you're going to say, gee, was it that long ago? And other things you're going to say, wow, it just seems like, like yesterday. But here we go for 2014. I guess the, in, in a way, one of the, the uh, most memorable in 2014 was the Ebola. I mean, it's a bad thing, but the Ebola epidemic became a global. Oh yeah, crisis. that's and right. That was that's 2000. Right. Does that seem like it was farther away, or, or not, not so far? Oh, it actually seems closer. Because doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does yeah. Seem, it I would have said. Like it was I would have said two, 2016. Yeah, that was. Yeah, six thousand people died from the outbreak, and there were more than seventeen thousand cases. So, um, I guess we're we're just as um, endemic, yes, but in a better way. <laughs> Much in, a, in a better way. We'd like to be contagious in a good way. The big lesson with that is they found when they found the cure for the Ebola was in a Canadian lab, and well, it was a government-run lab. It was not a private one, which of course you know. Well, that's that's why the cure yeah. hasn't been widely accepted because it was government run, not private. So the Americans poo pooed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, you know, there's no money in Ebola, right? So that's why they don't invest yeah. in stuff like that. Yeah, of course um, not. I don't think the Ebola viruses are carrying little wallets around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The, the other thing that happened, uh, another disaster, was the uh, Malaysian airliner that mm. uh, yeah. disappeared. It was going <clears throat> from mm. uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, going to Beijing, and it just vanished. No crash, no debris, no sign of the 239 I think they're on a floating missing. island that's going through time. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. UFOs. Yeah, they found some signs of the debris, but they really haven't found anything. And they, remember, there was weeks and weeks of mm-hmm. trying to find yeah. something. But it's really that long ago. Yeah, that was wow. 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, the uh, rise of a new brutal terror group. Anybody want to guess what ISIS. the name of it was? Al Qaeda. ISIS. Trump mm. administration. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That too. Ding, ding. <laughs> this is this is sort of a pre, you know, uh, uh, a shadow. Twenty fourteen, yeah, twenty fourteen, guys. That, that came two thousand fifteen. Yeah, two thousand. Well, actually, uh, ISIS. The letters stand for Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. Yes. That's that one thing that totally the original. went over. Yeah, I, I I forgot totally what the letters were, but that was in 2014. Um, and the they, good news is they they've been defeated. Back. Pretty much, yeah. Technically. Yeah, to Al-Qaeda. So Al-Qaeda was, was pretty much of a good good guess, but they, they mm. ended up. Um, there was also um, the Olympics in Sochi and Rio. Um, athletics and sport fans mm-hmm. came together for those two uh, totally different um, different regions and different events, but uh, the Olympic hosts ended up winning both most medals and the highest number of golds in the Sochi Games, but the Brazilians didn't fare as well when it came to the World mm-hmm. Cup. So, um, speaking of the administration, the Republicans mm-hmm. took um, control of the Senate in the midterms in 2014, yeah. and hmm. of course everything changed in terms of what Obama tried to yes. accomplish in the States. Obama? I heard something. (laughs) Okay, number eight. Um, This doesn't seem like it's that that far away, but uh, Robin Williams and Joan Rivers both were lost in 2014. Wow, that long? long. Really? I thought it was, yeah, my God, already? Yeah, yeah. It does. It it it, does it was not a, seem it was a it was a, a big loss to to comedy, especially I don't I don't know. Thinking of both of them, they both were giants in their in yeah. the way they presented themselves and the comedies that they had. Yeah. So it was my a big father loss. passed away in twenty fourteen as well. Yeah, um, it, there was a robot sort that made that. its first ever comet landing. So that's that's good news, and that um, uh, the the task of landing a comet uh, on fuel fell to. Yeah. The European Space Agency. We don't hear too much about. We're talking about NASA, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't hear about the European Space Agency. But it was the Philae, yeah. P-H-I-L-E. Yeah. Yeah. It's a robotic lander. It was launched from the Rosetta spacecraft. That's right. After a ten-year journey, it successfully latched onto the hurling rock, later named Agil. A G I L K I E Aglika. Okay. It ran out of batteries pretty quick. But um, because it landed in a shady spot, yeah. and it should have had some, some solar recharging. But it was still able to transmit some data back to scientists on the ground that was previously out of reach. Should have welcomed us. You think they should have programmed it to welcome us on the on this planet? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Ten years in the making for that. No, yeah. no, not even in the making, just to travel there. 
Yeah. Ten Jeez. years travel time. Well, I, travel it, time, to be yeah. fair, it wasn't traveling direct. It was yeah. doing it was doing orbits of the solar yeah. system, trying to line up with the comet. Right? True, true, true. And two more. Um, do you remember back in 2014 when Sony was hacked? Yes. And um, they had <laughs> about five Sony movies, including Annie and Fury, and um, then the executives insulted some stars and so forth and so on, and then they were hacked, and the hacking turned into this international incident when the guardians of um, the, the hackers who identify themselves as the Guardians of Peace warned that any theater that released the movie called The Interview, where two Americans assassinated Kim Jong-un, would face a yes. bitter fate. And um, they they wanted to really create fear with the releasing of the movie. So they, uh, although the theaters didn't release the film, um, they uh, did put it out on special special showings mm-hmm. and they announced that it would be available through Google and so forth so that was um, I'm trying to think of, I, that was pretty much the biggest hack that, that they've had especially in yeah, the entertainment about. world which is kind of strange yeah absolutely yeah the last one had to do with Cuba and President Obama made a landmark announcement mid-December declaring that the U.S. would be restoring diplomatic relationship uh, with Cuba by reopening an embassy in Havana and softening the travel restrictions on, the, on uh, Cuba, which had long been banned. So they did start kind of making a deal. They released an American whose name was Alan Gross, who had been held by Cuban authorities for years. Um, and it was a change of policy after 50 years. Uh, and they thought it was outdated, but didn't last very long. That was huge. So anyway, we were the only bright huge. spot in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a long story short. That, that was huge because at, at the time, I, uh, I don't know how it is now, but uh, at the time when you were Canadian and you had a... a Cuban passport or a Cuban stamp in your passport, you were concerned about showing it to the Americans if you're going to the states. So what they used to do is they used to have a separate little page where you would stamp the Cuban passport and you could actually put it in your passport or not if you were going to the states hmm. to avoid trouble from the American yeah. authorities because you're Canadian, you went to Cuba. We have no problem with Cuba, right? Whatsoever. Yeah. But the Americans assume you, well, you went to Cuba, or you must be some communist. And uh, all of a sudden, that is you- true. I, I actually have a, a story for that one. Yeah, my father was in Cuba shortly after Batista fell. Okay. If you guys know your history, this is when Castro uh, came into power. Mm -hmm. So this was the 60s. Uh, He was there because he was uh, an educational consultant at the time. And the Americans followed him around, actually took his passport. They took a mugshot of him, and they said, if you ever set foot in the United States, we'll be right there. Jeez. And he was That's a Canadian citizen. Wow. If you can believe wow. that or not. This Fucking is what retarded. happened to my dad. Jeez. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't mess with immigration and border security in the states. You really don't. Yeah, I do. I I stick my tongue at <laughs> them and, and give them the na 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 every time I drive down Zero Avenue. The comments of Scott and unnecessarily those have left the valley. <laughs> okay. I don't have a passport and I don't plan on leaving Canada, so they can go they can go stick stuff up their butts. Like I really don't care. 
Hey, everybody, it's X. And can you believe that the Left of the Valley podcast has been going on for about 1,830-something fucking days? Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations, you guys. An amazing five years of doing podcasting. We're glad to have you with us. We're glad to be a guest on your show. Oh, wait, Kyle, what, what are you doing here? What, what, what's that behind your back? Well, those are my pants. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Okay, question from the audience. This is from Mitch. How did Nancy become the wandering Jew? <laughs> uh, that's a long story. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to explain the whole hard, long history In the long beginning, in the of, beginning of the universe, it was the great expansion. Well, <laughs> 5,000 years ago. And Nancy was, watched. When now, I was just a young pup. For people that don't know what the Wandering Jew is, the Wandering Jew is one of those legends, those Christian legends, that apparently when Jesus was on the way to um, being crucified there, a Jew apparently mocked him. And Jesus apparently would have turned around and said, you will not die, you will not see the kingdom of or something like that. You won't die till I come back. So apparently there is this legend about there is a immortal Jew around, wandering around, you know, just waiting for end times, essentially. Now, the reason why we dubbed Nancy the Wondering Jew was because Nancy, when she was doing her segment of Disney History, would often come up, just like Annette kind of did there, with a story, but it was about her. You know, she met Burt Reynolds, she was there when JFK was shot, and she was there when this would happen. It was like, geez, she's done everything, this woman. It's almost so, a Forrest Gump. <laughs> in a way, in a way, but like a smart one, right? So, so, so in a way, we, we got this, this notion that Nancy was just immortal, and the Wondering Jew, because she's, she's Jewish by birth, just came out and that that's exactly how nancy got the moniker i think she's older than that well i think so well you know she's learned to kill people hmm. since too so. that's right i said to start five thousand years ago <laughs> five thousand years ago oh, methuselah has nothing on you that's right exactly <laughs> another question from our audience who was your favorite guest is this from brenda Speak now, Kevin. Choose wisely. I, I, I'm not going to choose yet. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure I could I could choose, but if somebody wants to... Oh. Anybody have a favorite guest that we had on the show? My favorite guest is always the one that we have as we're interviewing them. Oh, that is such Don't, a politically correct no, answer. I, no, but it, the funny wow. thing is, it is perhaps politically correct, but I think we get so involved with that person mm-hmm. and what they, what they have accomplished and what their point of view is and the questions that we can ask um, and just their personality. It's, it's hard, you know, to pick one yeah. out of the, the fascinating people that we've had. No, I agree. I agree. Actually, I really enjoyed the episode where we were talking to this fellow whose father was the head of this um, church in in the States. Westboro. And Westboro. Oh, Nate yeah, Phelps. Nate oh, Phelps. Yeah. Nate and, Phelps. And he's yeah. now living in Alberta. Like, that was that, that really is a powerful, powerful me. story. It is. That yeah, was, absolutely, absolutely. It takes a lot to silence us. It, it does. It does. And he really did. Uh, I, I think I'll have to give an answer a bit like Nancy. It's a bit like they're, they're all our babies, so it's hard to really pick. Uh, there are some guests, though, that I really, really enjoy uh, ahead of time. Uh, we've developed an incredible relationship uh-huh. with uh, Robert Stanley, for example. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Robert is, you know, we're big pushers of his, and he's a big pusher of ours, and he's always a blast to have on. Um, Eli Bosnick and Tom and Cecil are just fantastic comedy gold whenever they come on. Uh, David Fitzgerald. I love David Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. David Fitzgerald is one of my favorite by far. I mean, I you just... dance with him. What's that? I can dance with him? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, you know, well, these guys got to all come up here. Yeah. Come on. 
I, I, I'm looking for an excuse for, for a way to actually have David Fitzgerald to come up here. Yes. But the problem is, is... That's right. The invite's open. We'll just have a big party. Patreon goal. <laughs> yes. Well, there are favorite guests and there are favorite people. And sometimes they intersect. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you can have favorite moments, favorite mm-hmm. shows, favorite mm-hmm. guests. It's like, ah, it's it's really, really hard. Um, if I was to go the other way, who are our least favorite guests... I'm not sure I could name. There's a, there's a couple of people that come to mind, but maybe I might be able to count them on one hand. Of all the guests we ever had, there's very few of them that we could say, yeah, I'm really not willing to bring him back. Well, you know, in that vein, there's also the guest that we thought would really be boring, mm. and we had them on because there wasn't anybody else at the time. <laughs> and so we thought, okay, we can't have X, but Y is certainly willing to come on. And we thought, okay, rather than have a blank spot, let's do it. And the the guy who fits that category for me is the, the Sasquatch. Oh, um, Thomas the Sasquatch the, Hunter. The Sasquatch Hunter. I've got his because card right we here. we thought, you know... The, the guy has got to be a whack job. He's got to be just as squirrely as they come. And he turned out to be intelligent, mm-hmm. thoughtful, scientific. He was with us here in the studio so we could really, you know, look at him as we were we were talking. And he turned out to be an extremely enjoyable Absolutely. guest. And I'm glad we had him. Absolutely, yeah. What about you, ladies? Thomas Cecil. Yeah, of course. Of course you would be Thomas yeah. Cecil. But no, the, my favorite, I think we had Tom and Cecil and Eli all, to, all at the same time. We, were, we interviewed them about Citation the f- Needed. The first time. The first time. It was The first time Tom and magical. Cecil was about. Yeah, and uh, they were not only gracious, but uh, enough that uh, they actually recall being on our show and they actually enjoyed being on our show. So the second Aww. time around, they actually pointed out, said, yeah, we had a blast with you guys the first time. And, and when we were on you guys for, for uh, when you talked about Citation Needed, that really caught me about because I thought these guys are kind of big and they, they go into a lot of they do a lot of shows and they go a lot on, on, on trips and stuff like that how the hell would they remember this show and they did so it's like yeah we made a good impression apparently so that's pretty cool and then there was the guest that never was a guest that you met Richard Dawkins yeah yeah I met yeah I did meet Professor Dawkins uh, sure, Dawkins tell uh, that story <laughs> well, it wasn't imaginable hmm. religion. Um, unfortunately, getting an interview with Dawkins, I asked. I did go and ask because if you don't ask, you'll never get. And, you know, he said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not available for that. And you'd have to contact my manager. And, you know, frankly, it was no. Uh, but uh, <laughs> poor Richard, he was having a hard, hard weekend because as he landed at the airport in Vancouver, he actually fell down the escalator. Oh, no. So he was cutting Bruce, poor guy. And he was he was in a grumpy mood. I mean, you can tell that Richard Richard's getting to that point there now. He's he's been doing this for years. He kinda wants to disappear from the limelight a bit. He's like, God, leave me alone now, you know? I, I, you can tell. He was a bit grumpy. So so I didn't want to push it any further. But there is this wonderful story because at the time when I met him, I, I went up and shook his hand and I said, Thank you, Professor, for being a good storyteller and being an inspiration to kids like, and I pointed to Liam, Liam Johnson, who used to be on the show, that used to be Karen's son, who was 17 at the used time. Used to be Karen's son? Well, sorry, it still is Karen's son. She, she, um, uh, he used to be on the show. Things have happened. Yeah, th- yeah, th- she, he got a DNA test or something. No. Okay, then. But anyway, uh, it, t- it turns out that Liam was too shy. 
and too awestruck to actually go talk to Richard Dawkins. So when I oh, no no wonder yeah. So so when I went up and I and, and I pointed to Liam, Dawkins essentially pushed me aside and pushed aside a couple of people <laughs> and went and shook Liam's hand. Liam's hand. Oh my god! No, I I've. I haven't talked to Liam in forever, so I don't know. But you could tell just by the look in that kid's eye, you know, big scrawny kid that he was. He's like, holy pe- crap, this is a moment. petrified. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. this, this is a moment. And I like to think that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he did make a, a hell of an impression on that kid. So That's what I think. When I think about Richard Dawkins, I don't think about him as being a scientist or an author. I think about that gracious moment. Yes, yes. You know, that just, he just... He, you know, of, of all the things he didn't have to do at that moment, mm-hmm. but he took the time, you know, to inspire a, a young person, and it just really it, absolutely, it, yeah, absolutely, great, you know, great you, you you can forgive him being a bit grouchy when he does yeah. something like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we've we've had a lot of great things like that from guests that we've met in per, in person. Hey, left at the valley. This is Chris Christensen, wishing you a happy five year anniversary on your show. You guys gave me some of my first starts doing debates, and I'm really grateful for it. I enjoy having you guys as friends. All the best in the coming year. All right, moving on. God, this time time flies here. Well, let's do a segment we haven't done in a while that you guys will like things. Things that make you go. Yeah, right. I'm gonna have fun with this today. Now, you guys hear there's a new Parisian perfume. It's not. It's not called Eau de Mur. It sounds romantic, no? It's if you you know if you're expecting something exotic, or you know from Paris. Actually, believe it or not, this perfume actually smells like semen, blood, sweat, and saliva. I'm so oh, I saw so this. Pepe Le Pew. First time it comes and to mind, right? This is the, the the company is called Etalibre d'Orange, and, and it's by creator Etienne de uh, Swat, and he says I wanted a radical approach. So the, apparently the company's got a collection of 34 cents of avant-garde perfumes, perfumes, and um, this call this one is called Secretion Magnifique, oh. <laughs> and it actually uses uh. natural raw ingredients. Is that for S and M? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> That's a big old note from the And next year we're bringing out rotten meat. Swipe right. Nope, we're gone. Well, talking no, about no, after that, sorry, left. Talk, talk about weird things and <laughs> nope. talk about weird things and sex in Europe. Did you guys hear that new research in the UK shows a worrying result of forty-five percent of women are capable of locating it, and by locating it, I mean their vagina. Forty-five percent of women, let me repeat that, are capable <laughs> of locating their vagina. Well, now, wait a minute. Is it they can't find the part or they don't know the term for the part? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, that's what you thought at Uh first, right? But it turns out, no. People thought maybe it's because it's in England. They call it by a different name. No. Apparently, only 45% of women in the UK can locate their own snatch. I I call bull BS on this. No. That... It seems it can be true, right? But overall, 52% of people couldn't locate the thing okay, either. But, but where, what, where, where was fuck? this done? Like, In the UK. A scientific study or was this on like 
a online poll or something. Oh, we need that's an a good expert. Question. I don't. Ha- I don't have that that information. I, I'm, I'm You're not this rabbit. Like Calm down. Yeah, because that the mirror dot uk. That doesn't sound. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not from. Real. It wasn't some of a dubious source. Uh, of course, fifty nine percent of men couldn't either. Um, contrary to popular what? belief, locate oh, the what? vagina or locate the their clit. penis. No, no, the, lo- the vagina. Children. What do you mean they couldn't locate it? <laughs> they lost it in a box somewhere. Uh, contrary to popular belief, sixty-nine percent did find the clitoris. Sixty-nine. So they could find the clitoris, but they can't find the vagina. Yeah, see that that I called well, BS. That, yeah. That, that just. I mean, that just doesn't. Seventy-one percent of women could find the clitoris. Fifty-eight percent of Brits. This is men and women couldn't find the urethra, and forty-seven couldn't find the labia. I have. I. I just. just had to I think that they didn't then. know the name. They didn't know the, the, yeah. the that's what scientific I, that's name. That's what I thought at first. But no, it's but, not the but, terminology. But how do you know? Well, if you don't know what it's called, you still can find it. You just don't know what you're yeah. looking for. Well, you know what? I, you know, I, what what I did the study did it say that they knew the term? Well, I don't have the meant. exact study in front of me here. but uh, Yeah, I called BS on it then. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I see it's quite possible because I remember, this is a small anecdote, uh, when I was in uh, one of the, my, my child was... Uh, my ex was uh, pregnant with my child there. Uh, we went to one of those the Moss classes thing and they had a diagram. Um, of the vagina and women were going up to the vagina and could not correctly identify the, the, the parts and I was completely mesmerized by this I said wait a minute I, this this is not possible but no I, I this is totally believable to me so well we've got a room full of skeptics here yeah well, yeah. well then okay then there's something wrong with how they're learning biology yeah I'm, I'm scarred well that's the thing that's Are, where that comes in that's the thing are they learning biology I've I've scarred scarred anything. Question, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. What's two plus two? Uh, <laughs> Twenty-four. <laughs> you know, I would have to know where the study was done. That and uh, how it was how it was yeah. organized. Mm-hmm. Now, to be honest, what I have heard about the UK is that they're not teaching children now how to read uh, a clock. Yeah. Proper. Apparently, like they've removed they, they removed analog they teach, clocks. They don't yeah. teach Canadian because kids apparently kids, kids can't read the time on analog clocks. I anymore. can read an analog clock. Well, where well, did per- you learn how to read it? Did you learn third it grade. in school? Yeah, they taught it in third grade. They taught it in third grade. grade. Okay, well, that's good. That's good because I don't think my son was ever taught to read a clock. There I had to go. teach him how. He's twenty six years old, so. Well, I know I'm old, but I really prefer analog because I know how many minutes it's right in front of me, how many minutes I've got left to do something. You know, I, my watch is still, my watch is my father's watch from the 1950s, and go. it still works, and it's analog, you know? You know, so, I mean, Scott, you're an ex-military guy. How many people can't figure out military time? Well, it's, it's the easiest it's thing it's in actually, the world. It's actually labeled as 24-hour time. Yeah. Yeah. Or... I've heard it labeled metric time, although I'm skeptical of that. But um, they can't do it because they're taught 12 and 12. Yeah. yeah. They're taught 12 I... and 12. At 12, you start counting over again. But the thing is, so 2 o'clock in the afternoon, well, 12 plus 2 is 14. 14. Yeah. I don't understand why it's so hard for people to figure yeah, out. Yeah, well, even if you don't go that way, you just go well, through. Minus, 24 well, minus. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, when when I I grew up in Germany, and of course uh, they do use a 24-hour clock, when my kids visited me, and it said somewhere like 
15 Uhr would be 1500 hours, and that is exactly how they say it. That's 3 p.m. Yeah. They had trouble with that. They would say, Mama, okay, well, what time is that? And I said, guys... (laughs) It's 3 p.m. You, you should have just ran with that and said, no, no, in Germany, time is different. We actually yes, have... Yes, they have they have 36-hour clocks. 36-hour <laughs> days here. The, the, the earth spins differently here in Germany. It's Germany it's, in Germany, it spins sideways. <laughs> that would be, I would totally would have ran with that. See how long you can ride that one out. Well, in modern schools, I, I hate to say it, but I'm almost afraid when you hear about the education disparities and the US in Canada in some places in Europe Crumbled. I think you could run with that a long time <laughs> speaking, oh yeah speaking yes. of in the running UK they don't do grammar anymore I had some uh, English students who were learning German when I was teaching in Germany and I actually had to explain to them what the parts of the sentence were what a verb wow. is what a noun is they oh, did not oh. know these terms and I said are you for real like, what did you learn in school? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Apparently not that. Well, sp- speaking of military and time, and speaking speaking of prank, I've got this <laughs> clip here from shows in the past where we we, we, we we do have lots of funs and hijinks that we do to our, our American friends. We, we like to poke fun at them, although we love them, but we still like to poke fun at them. So here's a clip about us poking a bit of fun at our cousin to the south. Let's listen into oh, this. Oh, no. <laughs> is this the clip that I think it is um and so what do you guys how do you guys drive up there well we don't you know once in a while my dad lets me take the moose to school (laughs) (laughs) you guys actually believe this you guys have horsepower in your cars we have husky power that's way better than slender oh i gotta i gotta tell you the story this is a true story when i was in quebec i used to hang with some of the guys of the royal 22nd the vendor the vendor the vendor yeah. oh. and and they tell the story of when they came because i was telling them i was moving uh west right to vancouver and the guy tells me the story of how he came down west and then with his platoon right and then they went to seattle now, the funny thing is, for American friends, what you might not know, is the, the Canadian soldier has, they all wear the green beret, right? Yep. But for the, the average American, they don't know this. Green beret, of course, and is special, special forces. forces. <laughs> so this American soldier seeing this platoon of Canadians all with green berets, they think, oh my God, these are all like crack military <laughs> yeah, Canadian we, guys. we know better. They were Van Dues. Come on. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. The Van Dues were good. <laughs> Lavender was good. Yes, so, they so, were. so anyway, so he, he's talking. He's having this conversation with with this American soldier, and he notices the Canadian frigate. Now the boat doesn't have, you know, the image of a boat. You think of the anchors hanging on the side of the boat. Well, the Canadian frigate doesn't have that. It's got these two big doors, and the anchors are inside. Now the the American soldier asking the Canadian uh, soldier says, "Why, why do you have these doors?" So the guy kind of winks at his buddy and says, okay, he says, watch this. He says, well, he says, see, you see, in Canada, he says, uh, we don't have a lot of money for depth charges like the U.S., but we're really good with robotics. He says, really? Yeah, yeah, you know, like the Canadian arm in space. Oh, okay. So whenever there's a sub, we just park the boat on top of it. These two doors open, and these two mechanical robot arms come out and punch the submarine underneath the boat. And the soldier looks at it and says, you're kidding me. He says, no, no, it's quite true. That's how we do things in Canada. And the soldier walked away and said, okay, kind of a bit baffled by this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful story. Why are Americans so easy to fool? (laughs) 
Some of them are. Some, some of them, are. Some of them, but not, not all of them, of course. But we we like we like to we love to jest with our American friends. Yeah. And that was a clip oh. where us laughing at our making poke poking fun of our. American I friends. love that story so much. <laughs> Somewhere there's a group of Americans spreading that story that they're going to think is maybe you know, maybe now, now they know the the real inside story. Yeah, of, exactly, of the exactly. You know, we've we've done these kind of hijinks all the time, and you know, I don't know, it's 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 just good fun, right? Do it's we have a mean streak, or are we just full of fun? <laughs> no, I think I think Christina put it best one time. She says, you know, what what defines a lot of Canadians is we're not Americans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we we you know when we you have see, to poke fun of it. When you see some Americans show up to the border, it's a it's a July day. It's that happened it's, to me. For and for for the Americans, I'm not making fun. Seriously, this has happened. I, I lived in in the Niagara region, and they would come across the border, and July, it's like 85 degrees, you know, uh, 30 degrees Celsius, right? Which is uh, like 100 degrees for that. Oh, it's, a, it's a beautiful day, gorgeous day. It'd be 30 degrees Celsius, and they show up with skis on the top of their car. <laughs> that happened to me. That happened to and me right here. Like, are you serious? Do you think that like there's a wall of ice at the border? Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they think it's like Game of Thrones, you know, this gigantic wall of ice on the Canadian border. You know, oh, which would make Trump very happy. I know, but <laughs> I feel like all of these stereotypes about Canadians. I feel like the Canadians take them and then just add more onto it. And be like, yes, absolutely. And you know what else that you haven't heard? <laughs> We're allowed to make fun at ourselves, but when somebody else makes fun of it, we just add on to it, and then it's, it's true. more funny. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, but to tell you the truth, Americans really are the average American. I'm talking about the average person, not the ones they interview on TV, not the ones that you hear about. The, the average person is just like anybody in Canada. Oh, yeah, of course. They yeah. got the mm-hmm. same level of knowledge. They got the oh, same. Yeah. Did you know that if you walk in downtown Toronto, you can ask Canadians about other countries, and we are dumb as stumps. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, for all my friends at Left at the Valley, congratulations on five years of podcasting. This is Matt Delaney, and I've been on twice, and maybe I'll be back in a few more years. Nancy, stop killing people. <laughs> Question Facts. from our audience. What inspired you to start or to join the show? Because we all wanted to, and we're all atheists. There we go. This is inspiration. Wow, that's right good. <laughs> but um, Let's go with you, Nancy. It. What inspired you to join the show? Well, it was really difficult. You asked me. And I, and I thought, you know, it it's going to be fun because I love you like a like a like a son or a cousin or an uncle, whatever. I just think of you as I think of you We're as family. part of my family. And yeah, I thought, yeah. what what better thing to do than to have fun with you every week? And I thought it'll probably last about six months until you find out I'm dumb as rocks. And but you know, I'll ride I'll ride along with it. And then I I re- you realize I was dumber than you. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and really, I thought, well, you know, if I can do this day in history, that's going to cement it because history doesn't change. I don't have to look up new things every week. I don't have to strain my brain. I just have to research and I could actually do things like three months in advance. And so it was just the fun of, of doing it with you and knowing that every week was going to be an adventure. How could how could anybody turn that down? Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? I wanted to talk to Tom and Cecil. Okay. And Eli. That okay. works. <laughs> and, and Harry Potter. Yeah. She wanted, yeah, she wanted <laughs> oh, propaganda for Harry exactly. Potter. Exactly. I just wanted to be like, everyone needs to watch and listen and read Harry Potter. Just everything Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. I've done none of the above. <laughs> I've watched her. 
what what inspired me to start the show this is interesting because i was listening to some podcasts out there and uh, some of them were very good and some of them were extremely bad and i really had the thought you know what we can do this better turns out we can't but you know the point is we tried <laughs> and we just i just wanted to bring it fun though i mean it's the that's whole it. point is have fun that's it i just Other i just people want people to in the when sun. We just wanted to do a show that, you know, maybe I'll reach somebody out there and this person will say, well, you know what? I'm not the only one. And this person might come out, might decide to come out of their shell, might decide to come out of their atheist closet, might actually do something. And it's, I'm just hoping it snowballs. And to some extent, it has done that. So anyway. I mean, we might be in the snowball, but, you know. <laughs> Thank you for the question, uh, yeah. Lisa. Okay, <laughs> Perfect. All right. By the way, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, the rest of you, I, I don't come out of my atheist closet because there's a giant purple snorkel whacker. Okay. Outside. For anybody who knows Bloom County and uh, Opus and Bill the Cat, they would know what a giant purple snorkel whacker is. That's really random. Please explain. Or a snuffleupagus. 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 Well, between oh, purple whackers see. and snuffleupagus, Nancy. Snorkel whackers. Snorkel whackers. <laughs> Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I sure do. Let's do a top ten. And this is a top ten by special request by one of our crew. Ooh. Okay, and I'm not going to tell you who, but when I tell you what it is, I'm hoping the person identifies themselves okay. somewhere along the line. Here we go. This is the best co-op board games. <laughs> Dominic. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, so here we go. If, if people like to do board games, um, there we go. Somebody's raising their hand. Yay, Kirsten. So the uh, the board games, this is going to be interesting because I was totally unfamiliar with all of these, but I think they'll be fun to talk I about. was so scared you were going to say the top 10 sex something and everybody's going to look at me right away or something like that. Well, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so glad that it went we, totally to Kirsten. We, we do that every week. We don't have to make a, <laughs> we have to make a segment. <laughs> so we're good. Okay. These aren't in any um, particular. particular order. These are just all the best. It just depends on, on which one you like. So the the first one is a game called Menches versus Minions. Anybody familiar with that one? Nope. I don't even think I've heard of that one. It was released in nope. 2016, and it's a, um, a game that has to do with... Um, uh, uh, programmed movement and action that sees players blowing up hundreds of adorable little league minions. But I'm in. Okay. It's supposed to be very fun and very quick, yes. even set up time. Scads of miniature and premium little components. And the icing on the cake is it's actually played as a story. Has anybody ever played that Ooh, one? I haven't, but it sounds, sounds really good? fun. I okay. think we need to get it. it, it uh, yeah. It's More mostly games. recommended as a three or four game uh, a four game play a player game let's get my tongue out here a three or four player game for a regular regular group the other one um, coming up is called Mysterium ooh I've heard of this I've one. seen I've seen it played I haven't actually played it myself okay that's from Never 2015 it. so it's having a pretty good having a pretty good run it one player is a ghost and the other ones are psychics trying to discover who is behind a decades old murder. Nice. So this oh, wow. actually came That's out of the Ukraine. 
in 2015. Mm. So um, it's even being played mm. untranslated at gaming conventions. Uh, so maybe that that's another one. We're going to put, Kirsten, you've got to have a pencil, or I'll give you the <laughs> list because I can see there are going to be yeah. some here that you're going to, really, you and Christine are going to want to play. Um, here's one called Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror. It's a card game. Have you played it, Christina? Yeah. How no, do you... no, no, no. I haven't played it. Sorry. I, no, no. I... We have one that's related to it in yes. some way. We okay. haven't actually played that one. All right. This one is a very, supposedly a very fast, clever, mechanically sound adaptation of long in the tooth, sprawling, cooperative staple um, type games. And it's supposed to be the darling of tabletop players. So that that's another one that you put on your list. Mm-hmm. The next one is called Pandemic. Yes! Oh, we're getting to the I love this game so much. (laughs) Scared me. Holy crap. This has been around for a while. That Arkham Horror um, only started in 2016, so it's fairly new. This one um, is from 2008. So have you played this one quite Yes, we We own own this one. And it is one of the funnest games. So tell me, why, why should I read it? Tell me about it. Okay, so... You aren't playing against each other, which is the basic of co-op, which I love. Um, but you're, the premise of the game is that there are these diseases that are spreading and you are fighting to stop them spreading. And You, you have, have to find the cure. Well, but then, and also you have to work together because each player has like different skills and you have to figure out, you have to make decisions of which place you're going to cure first because you don't know which city's going to be infected next and it can snowball really fast if yeah, you're not on top of it because you get epidemics yeah. and then it just goes from one to the next and then yeah. it goes from can go from one to the next to the next to the next to the next and then before you know it you're all dead and you lose the game yeah so you really have to keep an eye on what diseases are like yeah. really growing in certain spots and you really do have to work together and also another thing with it is the character that you get because you have different character cards like the medic or um, like things like that. It's done randomly, so you don't know what character you're going to get. Hmm. What are these little light-hearted, easy? Oh yeah, totally. Games to play? It is a definitely on the scale of games per- that we've that well even that we own. It's on kind of the lighter, easier, kind of quicker end. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, the next one is one that's uh, released last year called Spirit Island. Aha! This is another one. No, okay. This one, where a lot of board games have players as explorers or colonizers, Spirit Island takes a different tack, having players take on the role of powerful magic spirits Ooh. defending their island's <laughs> native people yeah. against aggressive, violent occupiers. Socially, that sounds like, like <laughs> one that you guys would enjoy. Sounds um, like fun. This one is an oldie. Uh, from 1981 called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Yeah, I've heard of this you one. Played that? I've heard of it and I want to play it. Oh, it's it's tough. It is tough. I've played that game. You played that? So tell, <laughs> tell us about it. it. Is, well, first of all, everything happens in your head. So you, the, describe, the, you, the description of a, uh, a scene, there's no drawing, there's no pictures. Ew. You all have to picture it in your, your head and you have to solve it in your mind as well. And it's a bit like, uh, you know, adventures like uh, your, uh, remember those old books? Um, you choose a uh, the adventure the choose your own adventure choose, choose your own, own adventure. adventure so you say okay so where are we going next are we going to consult Sherlock Holmes or are we going to this town or uh-huh. whatever right 
Uh, so it's it's actually tougher than it looks. I want to play. Yeah, there are people who played it that have never never beat. If you can visualize a so. text very well in your mind and you can visualize a scene, you have a chance. Otherwise, it's difficult. It is very very difficult. Hmm. Um, the next one is called Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island and First Martians Adventures on the Red planet that's from 2012 i believe i've seen or heard of it but i have not played it it's it's um it's sort of a narrative and mechanical barrage type game it's supposed to be very complex interlocked and it's the same idea um as a game called survive and these are all about finding the tools of survival, managing food or power meters, and shouting at the dice when they don't do what you want. So, uh, I guess it's, a, it's regarded better than First Martians, but the space theme um, it will prove irresistible for people that really like that kind. Um, here's the, the here, this one really has an interesting name. It's called Code Names Duet. <gasps> Code no. Names is so fun. You it, we don't have duet. We have codenames Harry Potter. It's really fun. <laughs> so just explain the game. Oh, you explain it, Kirsten. Well, essentially, um, to do it as a two-player game, you will each... Um, you have a little card that has blue squares and red squares on it, and there's one black square that you do not want to hit because that's an instant game over. Um, but you want to give your partner clues to find, say my color was blue, you want to find all of your hidden spies on the board. So you can do it, the one that we have, um, one side of the cards that make up the board are pictures, the other side is words. Um, if you have the pictures, you can give a clue. For example, you could say in ours, wand three, and say there's three pictures that specifically have a wand that you want them to guess. Um, so they would have to guess those three. And if they guess wrong, then you have to move on to the next one. But it's really interesting because you really want to get your partner to mm-hmm. get the one, it, get the correct one. It ones. really tests you how well you know how the other person thinks. Yes. Oh, that's because you can't give them a hint that you would understand. You have to give them a hint that they will yeah. understand. Oh, that sounds great. And yeah. then when you get to more people, you actually do it in teams. Ah. Where you're giving your team members clues. All right, I don't want to press this, but let's move on. We'll get the clock here. The last <laughs> one is called Zombicide, the Black Plague. Uh, Actually, still haven't played we this own it, one, but we haven't played it. You've played and it. This is you guys own everything. 2015, um, and, and some people like it. Some people are, are not so crazy about it. But it's kind of a medieval fantasy theme with the necromancers and the pox and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you like zombies and throwing fistfuls of dice and making tactical choices, um, it's a game game for you. Perfect. So So anyway, board games are becoming so popular that here in Abbotsford we actually have a... um, a place Cafe. where people can go yeah. and pay a, a, mo- a little yep. fee of like five bucks and mm-hmm. play games all day long. It's a boardwalk cafe and games. They it's... also have a virtual arcade here. Yes, Which is do. so they fun. Do. Boardwalk a cafe? Yeah, you, virtual a, world? you go and use VR machines. It's so fun. I literally spent an hour going through Google Maps, jumping from mountains. Cool. It was really fun. Well, you know. <laughs> boardwalk cafe. What's that? It's not far from here. 
I forget what road it's on. Is it on Essendine? No, it's it's in that area. It's an old Abbey. Well, speaking of fun, you guys remember that time we shot Nancy with a tranquilizer dart? Yes. Yes. Sorry, Nancy. I still have scars from that. Oh, yes. If you guys weren't there for that. Anything for the team. (laughs) Don't remember that one. If you guys weren't there for that, listen to this. So we have a really special guest coming up, but my dear Nancy, I'm sorry I have to do this to what? you. What? What? What is? Oh, what is it? Oh, uh, oh. with ours. I'm sorry, dear. Oh. Girls, get her! Get her! You get the arm. I get the leg. Okay. Oh, 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 she's biting me. Perfect. Good. 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 Oh, you're okay. Everybody okay? On my I, she bit me. It's a kung fu grip of hers. My yeah. arm, guys. Oh. I think we need to take out her dentures. I'm, I'm sorry, Nancy. We, we, just, we just we just had to Probably. do that. I'm really really sorry, but it's for your own good and it's for international relations. I'm so sorry. And that was a tense moment for sure. But if you think Nancy was just going to take that line down, you had to listen in to the show until next week after that. Do 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 do. Okay, levels are set. Recording. Oh, hey, Nancy. Uh, hey, about last week, you know, I didn't mean, you know, you, you have to. Hey, wait, what do you do? Wait, 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 I can, I, I can explain. Well, that'll show you to shoot me with tranquilizer darts. Yeah, and that was Nancy basically handing me over my ass after I shot her because we had Donald Trump on as a guest, and Nancy yeah, and Donald Trump don't mix. One of the advantages of being the eternal wandering Jew and an assassin is that either this too shall pass or I can eliminate it. You know, I, I have the option. Either way. I like your options. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that was fun. Hey, Thomas Westbrook here from Holy Kool-Aid. Oh my God, five years? That is absolutely incredible. You guys are killing it. Keep up the fantastic work and here's to five more incredible years. You know what, let's do another brilliant moment. How do you feel about doing that? I feel pretty good about doing that. Here you go, girl. Alrighty. Televangelist and apparent lawn expert Pat Robertson said on Lawn the, expert? Lawn expert, yes, you heard me correctly. That's because he spends most of his time underground. <laughs> <laughs> said on the 700 Club that putting a statue of Buddha in your front yard will bring upon curses because it's a false idol. <laughs> Though no word yet on what the chaos all those lard... Oh my god. I just about called them lardin gnomes. Lawn gnomes lard will gnomes. cost. Lard gnomes is good too. They seem, they seem to be made of Crisco anyway. Wait a minute. Lard gnome. Trump. It's coming together. Yeah, it's all coming together. Buddha, Trump, lard gnomes. It's all coming together. I, I, I would think that putting a statue of him on your front lawn would give you more grief than one of the we should We should Wouldn't make you? it a Q conspiracy, a Q and on conspiracy. The lard gnomes have invaded Trump's mind and put Buddha statues instead of Christ. There we go. Oh, God. There we go. It makes about as much chance as any other stupid QAnon conspiracy they have out there. 
So the the the, the thought the modified remains of of uh, Pat Robertson just to warn us about Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after telling the woman who asked the question that she shouldn't say anything to her neighbor about the statue, he urged her not to do the same in her own yard. I think having an image of a false god, but Buddha wasn't a god. He was supposedly a teacher, but I guess some people thought he was a god. But nevertheless, a statue of a false god in your garden. I don't think that's appropriate. Yes. It will bring curses upon you. <laughs> this from the same guy that tells you you should bless your, the picture frames you buy at that thrift store because they might contain demons. <laughs> yeah, what'd you expect? <laughs> thrift store picture frames. I see it. I yeah, see it. yeah. Demons? Well, what if you have a thrift store picture frame of Buddha? Ooh. You're, you're, you're fucked that Buddha Ooh. in the corner of the frame? That Lord Gnome is going to get you pointy hat first, man. No. Lord Gnome. Is that going to be a running joke now? It, it just might become now. I think Lord Gnome is going to be a running joke I, on me now. I'm going to have to look it up online. I'll forward you guys a picture of a Lord Gnome. <laughs> Google that. It may, Lord it gnome. may have orange hair, though. But... <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for another brilliant moment. Uh, we had a lot of brilliant moments on this show, and uh, probably one of the uh, fun shows that we also had was uh, when we had this uh, debate, because sometimes we have debates going on, and we had our old friend Robert Stanley face off versus Chris the Christian Christensen. Oh, yes. And we really had fun with this, because we actually decided to make it to a setting like it was a boxing uh, event. So, you listen to this. We actually had real good fun with this. Round one. Fight. To our dear audience, today we're doing a different show. We're having a debate between an atheist and a Christian. And the debate is, do Christians have the right to reason? Ooh, big question. Now, let's join the ladies at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Forget Tiger vs. Phil. Forget the Grey Cup. Heck, forget American Thanksgiving or Black Friday. This is what people came to see. After months of doing the subtle dance of slowly getting closer and all the training, the sweating and preparations, the confrontation has finally arrived. Let's join Kevin at ringside as our fighters are making their way to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first, in the blue corner, from the Lone Star State, the lean, mean, reason machine, Robert Stanley. Chris Christensen, you're going down like a sack of We asked Robert what training he undertook for this fight. All right, so first things first, a lot of people think it's all about gym. Let me tell you something. It's all about fitness, and the best way to get your fitness is by what you intake, not what you outtake. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking kale. I'm talking lots of fruits. 
I'm talking laxatives. You got to keep everything flowing, just like I'm going to be flowing on Chris in a minute, but not in a gross way. I mean, like, with words. And to challenge the host of the Right to Reason podcast, we have in the red corner, the chills of thrills from Christian Hill, Chris the Christian Christensen. They say he can hold his breath for a minute underwater. Two minutes if it's holy water. What dedication. I'm going to take Robert down like David took down Goliath. We also asked Chris about his training. Yeah, just been lifting books all week, pouring over texts, just getting ready to refute him at every possible angle. The die is rolled. This match is certainly the fight of the year. No doubt whatsoever, Nancy. These two gladiators have been waiting to face off for some time now. Let's join Kevin at center ring as he is the official moderator for this showdown. I totally, totally love that clip. I, <laughs> I love especially that the way we kind of tease our friend Chris, the Christian Christian, and we put this really cool music for Robert. Can we what can we friends? be friends for him? <laughs> We're just so Christian-like in a way, and we kind of like poke and fun at him at the same time. And Nancy with the joke of, well, he can hold his breath for one minute underwater, two minutes if it's, two minutes if it's holy water. It's just awesome. <laughs> what are friends if you can't poke fun at them? Exactly. You no, know, Chris is he's one of these guests that... He's just a joy. He's, yeah. he's so well prepared. You know, he tolerates us <laughs> with with good humor, and he gets some points in at times that they're very hard to combat. He, it, you know, I we tease him all the time that he wouldn't have gotten his his degree if it hadn't been yeah if it hadn't been for us. Well, he just he just came. Uh, he's yeah. he's defending his thesis right now as we speak as we're recording this, uh, and uh, I think we've been part of his journey as to mm-hmm. form him to become a better uh, debater and apologetist. Uh, apologetic. Thank you. Apologist. Thank you. And, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe not exactly the result we want to have with Chris there, but who knows? Down the line, you know, he might turn around and join our team instead, which I kind of hope he does. I can just see him going now for his PhD at the Biblical College and turning to us and saying, and if it hadn't been for my friends, the atheists, I'd never be yeah, here exactly. today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we, we, this was an interesting clip because we really took a risk with that one, and it's one of the things we like to do in the show is take risks. And speaking of taking risks, I've got to pl- plug in this one last clip here. You guys will enjoy this because this was all of us on marijuana, except for Nancy, of course, because Nancy, somebody had to keep it. At us and me. Yeah, Yo, you were there that day, so. So this. I was excused. Yes, you're too young for this anyway. So this was us on pot. We just lit up. Usually, when I drink Kevin's coffee, it's a little more on the bitter side than what I personally like. Uh huh. But today, it's like perfect. It is. It is. It's really good for me, and I'm sober. So okay. So it might just be really good coffee. Yeah, maybe. But no, I'm interested because you know when you when you took the call when you took the uh, the candy before oh, did the candy taste better? Before too. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's hard to tell because I was taking it at, to get a flavor out yeah. of my mouth. So I don't know. I wasn't really tasting it. I was kind of just chewing and. You know, we may be. I may be expecting too much. Yeah. Oh, I will know. I, I have no idea. I hope we're doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I feel a little weird. 
So I'm pretty sure. Well, I always feel a little weird, so I'm not sure that's a good idea yet. But yeah. well, no, I have a pretty good gauge on my internal weirdness. Existence. Are you are you sensitive to drugs normally? I have never taken any drugs before. Well, I've taken. Well, I, and I'm just talking medication. Mm, not really. No, okay. I'm not overly sensitive. Okay. Well, at least Nancy's staying sober. Yes. <laughs> one of us has to run things. <coughs> yeah, I'm the one running things, and I'm the one coughing here. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God! Did I press record yet? Yeah. <laughs> Just so, kidding. Oh my god, Kevin. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have literally to see. I was like, oh no, you have to press record. <laughs> we'll have to see how these guys hold up at the end yeah, of the Yeah, exactly. And we'll see we'll see how yeah. the, everything goes. For, <laughs> for me, this is my first time ever having any kind of drug. First in a long time. Hold on, I gotta block you here for half a second. Yeah. Are you guys feeling some effects by now? Yes. Okay. I it, think so. I, Are you? <laughs> I don't know. Right now, I feel like I'm falling. Wait, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh God, I'm jealous. I might be feeling kind of the same thing you are. You know, it's like, like sinking. Yeah, I'm, I, what I'm feeling is it feels like... I figured this out. I'm sorry, Nancy. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to... I, <laughs> no, no. I, I just noticed that. I said, okay. To, to any of our Canadian <laughs> listeners, if I end up being the lone voice... <laughs> In Stoner City, <sighs> saying, "Help me!" <laughs> please, How do you stop the recording? Please, How do you stop please, the recording? Please send an email or a the text. Thing, the only thing you're in danger of. It's like there's a heavy something dripping like dripping yeah, down over my exactly. body well, and yeah. it feels like it's pulling all of my like, <laughs> yes. you feel like you go, you're really? melting down yeah it's like you're <laughs> melting it was really funny because I took the relaxing Kevin took the mix and Christina took the hyper you think she didn't so, do right. she didn't she didn't inhale right enough but I held it in okay this is my first time I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> And oh, just boy. how, like, the feeling over, like, you and I both have the, like, the melting, the Throw falling. me the chips. I want the chips. Which, Which ones? I, I don't know. One of the things. That one. Sure. What else? Don't throw it. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, no, that is really loud. Okay, doke. Here we go. Despite what my brain is telling me that my motor functions are slow, I think I know enough to know that they're still working. And three of us have partaken in the herb already. It's All right. <laughs> so we wanted to get some of it done before Nancy got here because we didn't want her accidentally getting high. Yeah, because she's oh. a, she's a trained assassin, so you never know. She's a what? <laughs> she's not actually. She's a trained assassin. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. I just put my earphones on. Are you discussing my yeah. my professional attributes again? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody's gonna know, and then it's no fun. You don't want to sneak up oh, behind no. somebody and have them say, "Oh, you're the you're the, <laughs> you're, the you're here to kill yeah, me." Can I have can I have your autograph before you do away with me? You know, I don't want to become a you know a, a revered public figure. I want to be See, a dark right, shadowy assassin. Right now, Rich is totally regretting taking this call. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Rich. Everyone feels that way at first, and then it gets worse. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> right. And right now, when I'm at home by myself or just with Kirsten, like, really just myself, that's kind of what I feel like right now. Holy mother of God. <laughs> what would you do? She's just looking. She's Wow. Using, she's just looking at some color. I don't know what she's looking at. Kirsten, you might feel like it's obviously yes, very enjoyable. You just gave her the phone. You gave her your phone. It's What's on the so phone? It's so pretty. It's 
something I know she'll love. It's trees, but they're all in, in like bright, colors. vibrant fall colors, and it's like you're standing in but the like, middle of them. There's still some green ones too. Okay, so it's just an image. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so turn it this way and see if see. Okay, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty, but I don't. I mean, they're not vibrantly. They're not stimulating my brain over the top. Yeah, it's, it's just a very bright Rich picture of if you're standing in a little bit of a clearing in the middle of some trees, and you look up and you take trees. a picture. No, but they're so pretty. With all of the um, fall colors and the bright blue sky behind it. I apologize, Rich, for bringing oh you on the show today at this point. No, I think this is great. That's exactly what <laughs> marijuana is designed to do. Oh god, uh, that was such a great clip. Well, the only part of that, friends. like the actual, once we started it, the interview, I remember was showing Christina that picture of the trees. Yes. <laughs> I, and her I, reaction I was just priceless. Her reaction was so wicked. I could tell you were smelling the color purple at that point. Oh! You even you missed the part where she saw her ring. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. For five minutes, she's looking at her ring of different sizes. Like, oh my god, it's so pretty, and she's so genuine. How could you not love Christine? Just and then she got the flashlight out and was shining the flashlight on the ring. This I remember. <laughs> you, you were like, I'm totally just glad relaxed. no ambulances were called. Yeah, no ambulances. Oh, I was out. I could feel like every muscle in my body. It was so cool. Different strains. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, at the time we, we, we took a stimulant and uh, there was one that was neutral, that was half and half, and the other one was more of a, would you, a relaxant. And... Can you tell who took what? <laughs> yes, oh yes, I can. <laughs> no, it was great before Never I got... It. don't want to do it. The, the girls started before I got here, and they were so considerate, they had a fan so that, <laughs> yeah, fan yeah, so that none, of the, none of the smoke was coming in, in my door. All this, just to... Just to show to our audience that we love, obviously, that, you know, the dis- dispelling the myth of You're marijuana. Human. Yeah, you know, just mm-hmm. we just wanted to, to show that, you know, none of us are going to, you know, die on air or we're not going to overdose or, you know, go batshit crazy. Although this show was all over. Have you met me? Well, the show was all over the place, I'll admit to that. But we, we did kind of pull out a good show. And thank, thank goodness for Nancy and Rich at that point. All I had to do was show you a picture of pretty colors and you yeah, were done. they were so pretty. <laughs> it, was, it was a brave, brave new world The best part is, is that it was just like, it was like looking at a new picture every time she turned it, oh, like God. a different direction. It was, it was oh. There's two stages of gone. There's gone and then there's just gone. You are just gone. All right. Hello, it's Anthony Magnabosco from Street Epistemology here. I'm 90% confident Left at the Valley just hit their five-year anniversary What a milestone. Congratulations to your entire crew for this accomplishment and adding your hilarious yet insightful views to the discussion. I hope you keep it up. Time for one more thing. Time for my rant. Ooh, yay. All right, cover your ears, boys. (laughs) All right. A wise person once said that uh, life begins outside your comfort zone. And after five years of Lefton Valley, I can confirm that. On that first show in 2014, I ranted that I didn't have to respect your opinion, but invite you to take a Lefton Valley with us nonetheless. I still think that people deserve respect. Opinions can and should be challenged. And I hope we have done that in the past half decade. This show never had for a goal to become famous and uh, ratings increase and all that stuff. But our message was always the same. We are regular people. You're not alone. You can come out because together we are stronger and we can change the world. Left of the Valley was supposed to be a first stop 
in bringing out atheists. A first step, I should say. First step in bringing out atheists. A stepping stone for those with a uh, with better talent. A first encounter with great guests and an informative window into taboo subjects. And at this point, I can confidently say we've done that. We've had people coming to us saying that we've inspired them to come out, others to start their own show, others we've managed to push onto greater talent, and for that, I thank you all. It's kind of weird to say thanks after announcing your achieved goals, but it's true. The smallest stories, the ones that came via email about how this little show helped some of you in our audience to either come out or move on to bigger and better, is what kept us going and put the biggest smiles on our face. So I thank you again. And finally, to my wonderful crew, uh, members past and present, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's a bit harder than I thought it would be, and even my family, I thank you and I'm humbled to be your friend. This show would not be the same without you, and this show is you. Your hopes, your open-mindedness, and your extended hand to all has made this possible and has changed my life. Never in my wildest dream would I have ever met the spectacular guests, intellectual giants, and good, decent people, not only here, but all over the world. If not for a little show that could, and even better, people from around the world took that trip with us. Now, I don't know what will happen to Left of the Valley next. Will we get bigger and better? Will we just bow out and fade away? Who knows? I just know we'll do it together. And for that, I thank you too. And that takes us to the end of our show. Five years, guys. Five years anniversary. Hopefully five more to come. Well, yes. You never know. You never know. So thanks, guys, for being with us today. I really appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Scott and Ad. Thanks again for making a thanks, guys. Coming out of your sex dungeon thank and you, making thank it appear. Thank you for having us on. <laughs> 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 You're making a lot of noise here without the show being done there. Uh, That's all right. I I make noise. You know that. (laughs) At least he's not falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't I snoring on the one show? Uh, you can follow us at leftoutvalue.com you can follow us at the Twitter at uh, LETV Podcast on Facebook you can send us a message at leftoutvalue at outlook.com you can uh, support us on Patreon slash LETV uh, give us a five star review where you find us it helps us and helps others find the show okay coming up and send your place Nancy on the third floor watch the that's right that's right if you want your <laughs> you can send your uh, your uh, your insults and your how we didn't like the show to Nancy and she will kill you in return. <laughs> Coming up next week. Only uh, if I'm in a good mood. <laughs> we have legendary historian Richard Carrier is coming back on the show. Oh. And a couple weeks after that, we'll have Professor Joel Backen. We'll be talking about corporations. Yes, I'm so excited for this. We'll, we'll also have Dr. Matthew Hussinger. We'll be talking about conspiracy theories. And Dr. Hector Garcia is coming about talking about his latest book. Where is it? Sex, Power, and Partisanship. In, in May, we'll be talking to Dr. Del Rey. All, all time, all time uh, appearance. When we talk about renegotiating your relationship, we'll be also be talking to Sarah Austin, transgender woman and a YouTuber, nice. and our old friend mm. David Fitzgerald returns as well to talk to us about Moses. Nice, we got great stuff coming down the pipe. Wait, we do, we do, like always. All right, oh guys, 
this has been a long show. This has been a long journey. And like I said, happy anniversary. Yes, to yes. Thank you so much. How about we shut this down and go have brunch or something? And go watch Harry Potter? No. <laughs> <sighs> Do that on your own time. Both. That was a request. Yes. That's it. Anyway, (laughs) until next time, guys. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I read this story this morning, it was just glorious. They found this moth, and a a Canadian scientist found this moth. And he named it after Trump. Trump. Because the moth, apparently, he's got some golden scales above his head, and he's got a tiny penis as well. Fuck And this is actually legit. I thought, this has got to be a joke. I Googled it. It's no, CB- I thought it was, I thought it was a joke, too. And then I, I read the thing, and I thought, it's, no, it's really like, what does it say? Donald, is, it's in Latin. His name yeah. is in a Latin form. It's like a... Donald if, something. I mean, if it's a joke, it's really a good one. Like yeah. Donald Trump. And it's not even April Trump I believe he called it. Hold on. We're gonna have an we're gonna have an ongoing debate if I don't sell this. <laughs> Trump, dump. If it had been April first, I would have thought, oh, yes. it's an April Fool. No, I, yeah. I, I Even look, if we do find out the answer, we're still gonna have an ongoing debate. I look, I looked at that at first. And um, I thought it's gotta be a joke, but no. Then I, I start googling it. It's on CNN. It's all. It's like, oh my god, this is real. No, now we've got it there. Uh, this is good talking. <laughs> yeah. What's the name? You got the name? Napoleon Donald Trump. I. Yeah. <laughs> he fashions himself as an emperor. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't put that thought in his head. Oh, it's right yeah. there. No, it's, it's there. not Napoleon. Neo Palpa Donald Trump. Ah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Whoops. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump.